This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Today, the New York Jets are the team to beat. The Jets and their fans should be ecstatic that Aaron Rodgers is going to be your quarterback because he is kicked off. I'm about to play in some overtime every day right now because I'm going to need some more cheese on that taco. <laughs> I can sit up front row and see my boy A.A. Ron instantly. Aaron Rodgers becomes the best Jet to ever put on the uniform. God bless America. God bless the New York Jets. God bless that fan base. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. hope I hope you and your brethren today are okay and are <laughs> after days of trauma. At least you know he wants to be there. Ish his Freddy. intentions. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Also on your smart speaker. Our tournament preview moments ago was presented by Switch Mobile or was presented by Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. We heard from Aaron Rodgers earlier today on the Pat McAfee show. And among the things that he said was that he intends to be a New York Jet, but that it's up to the Packers and when they ultimately decide uh, to make the trade and what they're going to get in return. Before we welcome in our next guest, let us hear from Aaron Rodgers and when things, quote, change. Everything that I was told in the week that I was in Green Bay was, Take as long as you want. We want you to retire, Packer. You know, you want to come back and play. Obviously, the door is wide open. So that was the information that I was going. That was that I was going on. Now, when I came out of the darkness, something changed. I'm not exactly sure what that was, but something changed. I got back to my phone after five days off of it. You know, hundreds of text messages and emails and all different things. Um, I realized that there had been a little bit of a shift. Oh, it was craziness. It it had been no hint whatsoever that Aaron Rodgers might be done in Green Bay. Let's welcome in Mark Tauscher of Wilde and Tausch, ESPN Milwaukee, joining us right now, Hall of Famer for the Packers and, of course, a Super Bowl champion. (sighs) Mark, (laughs) just, just, just please lay out your reactions to what we heard over that hour long. I would almost call it a manifesto. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, it was a lot of things because when he first got on uh, McAfee, it was there's no decisions made today, and we we're all like, oh, uh, what are we doing then? And, but he had made decisions already, and there are a couple of things that I think jumped out at me, and one of them was that when he left Green Bay after the season in his exit interviews, he was ninety percent sure he was going to retire. And he also said during that time that he felt throughout the season that this was going to be it for him, that he wasn't going to be back in Green Bay. And all of that communication, he wanted direct communication. I think what would have been, I think, ideal for everybody, because Aaron Rodgers, it seems to me, was not going to come back to the Packers under any circumstances. As we found out, he walked off the field with Randall Cobb, When the clock hit zero, he said that's when he knew he was going to retire and be done with the Green Bay Packers. And now it's almost as if I went into the darkness cave. When I came out, I I almost felt blindsided in the fact that the Packers were shopping me and all this other stuff. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. And again, that comes back to the communication. And I think if Aaron had said, 
hey, listen, I understand that you guys are going to want to move forward with Jordan Love. He's gotten better. He played some. He played in the Philly game. I understand where you're coming from. If I want to play again, let's work through and find the right spot. And instead, you let a bunch of non-communication dictate it, and it's taken on this extra life of its own. And I don't know if Aaron was trying to win the PR battle today. I didn't necessarily think he did with all of the comments that he said because it just felt like he was misunderstood and he didn't really take the bull by the horns and he let other people do it. And I don't think that served him all that great today. How much do you think because of him changing his mind was because the Green Bay Packers finally showed some backbone and said, we're tired of this nonsense. We're not putting up with it anymore. Yeah, I think he was surprised by that part of it. I I think the last couple of years, um, he had his way. He was able to get the contract that he wanted. Uh, He was playing at an MVP level. And I think the Packers, as long as that was going on and you were finishing 13-3, and 13-4, I think Green Bay was put in a tough spot. But one of the things that I thought Aaron said today, and you kept hearing that Ted Thompson was his guy. Brian Gutekunst drafted his guy, and he was always looking for a time to replace Aaron. And that's whether or not that's accurate or not, I think Brian Gutekunst was fine with Aaron Rodgers, especially his first couple of years, playing at that MVP level. But I think Aaron always felt like from the moment Jordan Love was drafted that he was never going to be Brian Gutekunst's guy. And he was always trying to prove that that wasn't the point. And when he kept moving forward with it, I don't think he felt as ingrained within the full front office as he had before. And I think we all as players realize that our football mortality, as you get to be 30, 31, you start seeing that time elapse. I think for that moment when it happened, the draft, that set his mind on, I'm not going to finish in Green Bay. And today was a manifestation of all that as he determined that he wants to get to New York. Mark Tauscher, ESPN Milwaukee of Wilde and Tausch, Packers Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion. Here's what I can't get through, Mark, so please see if you can just help me out here. Okay. Just tell me how much of what he says is crap and how much I'm supposed to believe, because I need some sort of a guide there. <laughs> Wow. Let's just call uh, what it is. is because, no, no, no. I mean, honestly, let's just call what it no. is. That's what it is right now. <laughs> I'll say this, and I am a, I'm a friend of Aaron. I'm a former teammate. I think he's been great for Green Bay. But a couple of things he said today about liking direct communication. Mm-hmm. If he really loved direct communication, he had every opportunity to say what was on his mind, and he could have asked Brian Gutekunst in the Packers front office. And I just never believed that he was going to retire. Now, I'm not going to say what his thoughts were. And I think anytime you're coming to an end of a long regular season and you have to get geared back up to get back out there, you have to take your time. But I think we all thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back to play. Mm -hmm. And when he said things like that today, and he's kind of parsing words when it comes to, you know, the wish list and I was writing out a list. Well, I think – the report was more along the lines of this is, you know, these guys are players that I would really love to have. That is a wish list. So I think a lot of today, I don't think really moved the needle in his direction. If he was trying to gain sympathy, which maybe he wasn't, I think he just wants to get his side of the story out there and doesn't care what everybody thinks. But if you want to look at this thing holistically, I don't think today 
uh, moved the needle in a positive direction for Aaron Rodgers. You were there the first year you became a starting quarterback, and I remember being here at ESPN Radio, and I'm saying, man, they're not winning, but that's going to be a bad mother shut your mouth because even with everything not around him, he played his behind off. Jordan Love is kind of in a similar situation, except without the talent that Aaron Rodgers had at that time. What do you think this year is going to look like, which I think is essentially a gap year being the dude after Aaron Rodgers, Mark, when it comes to Jordan Love? Yeah, I mean, we all knew that Aaron had a ton of talent from the really from the moment he stepped uh, into Green Bay in 2005. He was making throws that you would, you know, I can remember our offensive line coach would back things up when Aaron was in there and we were all looking like, what the heck is he doing? And it was just to showcase some of these red zone throws and some of these plays were special that he was making. And he wanted all of us to kind of see that because you understood moving forward, Aaron at some point was going to take over. And one of the things that I always asked, uh, whether it was my, my co-host Jason Wilde, who's up at every practice, you know, does Jordan Love had any of those moments? And I think the first couple of years, whether it was the COVID year where you didn't get an off season, he's been kind of put behind the eight ball. But last year you started hearing more good things. Okay. Now, does that mean he's going to be the next coming? Is he going to be have an Aaron Rodgers-type career? We all hope that he does. But he showed last year in the preseason and then that Philadelphia game that things were starting to click. And he is going to continue to progress. And I think a lo- that along with the fact that the Green Bay Packers missed the playoffs, went 8-9 and nine with Aaron Rodgers, I think allowed Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and the Packers front office to say, you know what? it is time to make to make this move and go forward. And we're going to hope that Jordan Love can develop and continue on. And if he doesn't, we're going to end up with a good draft pick next year, the quarterback class. So you really look at this as this is a good trial run. I don't think anybody's expecting the Green Bay Packers to be world champions next year, but I guarantee you the people up in Green Bay don't think they're going to fall off a cliff and stink. They believe that Jordan Love can – play at a high level and be a very good starting quarterback in this league. Mark Kasher, ESPN Milwaukee, Packers Hall of Famer with us uh, on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Freddie Coleman in for Canty. One last one for me, Mark, and that is what is an acceptable return at this point? Because Aaron did a pretty good job of uh, disarming the Packers of leverage that they may feel like they have in a potential trade. Yeah, it's been a real interesting conversation on our airwaves. Who's got the leverage? And everybody is saying, well, Aaron gave the leverage back to the Packers and all this because the Jets need him. Well, the Packers need to at some point get him off their books. I just keep asking, what on earth are the Green Bay Packers going to do? They're, they've decided to move forward with Jordan Love. What are they going to do if Aaron Rodgers shows up to minicamp or to OTAs in May? Uh, for everybody that says, well, put, put him as a backup. Yeah, you're going to have a $60 million backup. How is that going to help with the Jordan Love development? How is that going to help with your team chemistry? We saw that. I, was, I lived it when Brett Favre came back. It is a huge distract, distraction. Coaches don't want that. I would think if you – I don't know what the end comp is going to be. I would think that you're going to get a, you know, a second-round pick at, at maybe this year and then maybe a pick swap where you switch with the Jets this next year and then something conditional if Aaron continues to play. But these reports that you're going to get two first-round picks – if they can pull that off, kudos to Brian Gutekunst and the Packers staff. I don't think that's where that's going to get to, though. Mark, appreciate it, brother. We know it's a trying time out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, I, I'll tell you what, it has been an absolute pleasure to have 
three years of just easy content that Aaron Rodgers is continuing. <laughs> That's true. You will miss the content. There's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mark Tauscher, ESPN Milwaukee Packers Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion with great perspective on Rodgers and really where the Packers are headed now. It's Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. America held hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 66. <laughs> it continues. It continues. <laughs> want to hear a little bit more from Rodgers from earlier today because this is one that I've always had trouble with. We talked to Willie Colon, who is a Jets analyst for SNY in New York, and he was particularly bothered by this quote from Aaron Rodgers earlier today on the Pat McAfee show. I heard from multiple uh, people that I trust uh, around the league, players mostly, um, that that there was some shopping going on, that, that, uh, that they were interested in actually moving me. At this point, you know, I, I got to admit, I went in the darkness 90% retiring. 10% playing. That's where my, my mind was. My mind was, I'm, I'm tired of this. I hadn't got back into my workouts yet. And I thought that that was what was best for me. You know, Freddie, mm. count me among mm. those with Mark Tauscher that never believed that Aaron Rodgers had any intention of retiring because of the money that was sitting in front of him for this year and because Tom Brady retired and it sounds like this one is for good and it's sticking because he doesn't want to go in the hall of fame and just be a special guest the weekend uh, <laughs> that Brady gets in in a few years in Canton. But Freddie, uh-huh. if any of that is actually true, Willie's not wrong. It is troubling that he talks about thinking about retiring all last year and it was 90%, yeah. but now the Packers have ticked him off and he's coming back. He is really good at what I, I like to call the direct deflect, where mm. he gives it to you direct while deflecting and making sure that everything does not come back to him. He has been extremely good at that because he knows how that's going to land. Aaron Rodgers knows the temperature of the room, but anybody that's a heel like him that use wrestling parlance does not care how it lands as long as it's landing on you and not landing on him. He has been really, really good at direct deflect, and the Packers – have been complicit in this, Chris, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But what he finally said, you know what? We can't win with him anymore. Or we don't believe that he's quarterback enough to lead us to a championship. You made this point about 90 minutes ago that if he had gotten this team to the NFC Championship game or to the Super Bowl, there's no way that we're being held hostage for the past 66 days. We're not having this conversation. And maybe the thing about trading Jordan Love and moving on from him or telling Jordan Love you got to be patient for another year because this guy is still tops of the tops or near the top when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers finally had a card that they could play that he couldn't trump. And what that was was, hey, each and every year the last three years, we have not gotten where we want to be. We've gone from the NFC Championship game to losing the divisional playoff round to not winning and getting into the playoffs. And all three of those games happened at Lambeau Field. They finally had something that they could use in their favor that he couldn't direct deflect. And that is they look at him now as a depreciating quarterback. And if he's going to continue to depreciate, they'd rather start with Jordan Love and see what that's going to land. That direct deflect worked for a minute. It's not working now, and now he's got to try to do it somewhere else and maybe be the Aaron Rodgers he knows he can be, that he could not be at any given time as far as he's concerned with the Green Bay Packers. Look, if he comes to New York, he's coming to the Jets. Freddie, I honestly don't believe he has anything to lose okay. because I'm not going to look at Aaron Rodgers any differently 
in terms of his legacy if he comes to the Jets Absolutely. and nothing happens. True. I'm with but you. Freddie, if he comes to the Jets and wins the Super Bowl, oh boy. To me that's like winning three more. That that's that's going to go a long way in changing how I would feel mm-hmm. about Aaron Rodgers. So I I ask you this. Okay. If you have to go through so much of the drama that the Packers have gone through with him over the last couple of years. What's worth it? What's worth it? Is it NFC? Is it AFC Championship game? Is it just making the playoffs? Because you and a lot of Jet fans are setting the bar pretty damn low right. because the bar has always been low. Exactly. We we know our lane when it yeah. comes to our team. We understand that anything resembling the playoffs is going to be gravy to Jets fans, but it should be different this time. Because it's Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about bringing a Brett Favre that was at the end of his career. And Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career has been a better player than Brett Favre has been at the end of his career because he's been healthier. And he's been able to do that. He's been able to make that work. So as far as that goes, he's a healthier player. So if you're a Jets fan, if you believe, because once again, the organizations let us know, man, we're a quarterback away from really contending in the AFC. And that quarterback is the guy we can't sell you anymore when it comes to Zach Wilson. If they're selling that as a Jets team and Aaron Rodgers, you decide to swing for the fences and you're able to land that home run that you believe is Aaron Rodgers, it can't just be about making the playoffs and going, wee! No, it's got to be like, look, when we get there, we're going to contend. We can match up with Kansas City. We can match up with Buffalo. We can match up with other teams because now we got a guy without defense and on the outside and our underrated offensive line that not just can compete but win those kind of games. It can't just be about making the playoffs. At that point, you, that's like making a bowl game where you're going 7-5 and five and you're playing in a pinstripe bowl. That's mm-hmm. not what the Jets should be thinking about. They should be thinking about, hey, we got this guy. We got to be there. They're playing the Final Four in the, in the college ball playoff. That's what they got to feel the same way about him when and if you get into the NFL playoffs in the AFC. The bar needs to be raised here. No it doubt. has to be when you go get somebody of this ilk, it has to be we're going to go win a championship now. And the guy that there's more pressure on than anybody, listen, you could have um, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala be in a position where if the Jets – don't win this year, they're out of a job next year. Potentially, sure. The guy who most should have the most pressure on him is the owner. Because I will continue to believe okay. that this one was owner-driven. Yeah, no doubt. Because if Robert Sala and Joe Douglas had their way, Derek Carr would be their quarterback. Agreed. They would have made him an offer. They let him get out of the building because the owner said, I'm not paying that guy. If I'm going to get a quarterback, you're going to get me one. You better go get that dude in Green Bay, not that dude that washed out in Las Vegas. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think any Jet fan can still do that. Even though he says he wants to be there, I don't think they can do that right now. <laughs> on the way, I, I'm shocked by this, but a major draft prospect had a really bad day at his pro day. Wow. We're going to hear about that in just moments. In Dash to the Draft, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. During the break, I'm just watching a clip from First Take today where Chris (laughs) Russo, Freddie, is screaming and yelling because Tom Hoagie, who won the uh, golf this past week, won $1.3 million, uh, tweeted out a picture where he's flying home in coach. Uh Uh-huh. And Doug is ripping him to shreds for flying coach. I was <laughs> talking about, I mean, he's uh, screaming about what a disaster it is to fly in America these days. It's not wrong, but right. I mean, come on, the guy's making 1.3 million, Tom Hoagie. Thank I mean, you. you may need that to last a few years. Thank you. I, I'm listening to the background. I'm going, what, what is that? <laughs> said, That's Chris Russo <laughs> destroying a guy from Flying Coach who won 1.3 million this year, this week on the PJ Tour. I'm like, well, that's how he's going to keep his money by Flying Coach. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Chris. I, I used to produce his show way back in the day. Uh-huh. And he and I have flown together in coach. Right. He's got a little claustrophobia problem. Oh, that's like being a little pregnant. Either you have or you don't. <laughs> well, Freddie, like on more than one occasion, he was on this plane Man, with me. Really? And he was like a frightened church mouse <laughs> in the corner trembling <laughs> because it was so enclosed. Another time we were on uh-huh. a trolley in San Diego. Right. Freddie, it was so packed. He got off and started walking. <laughs> really? See, I have claustrophobia too, but not to that level. Although... Yeah. When we had the NASCAR integration where we go down and NASCAR shows around and you have a chance to drive one of the NASCAR cars, the actual oh car. Oh, my God. Chris, they put the Hans device in my head. I said, nope, no, thank you. Got to get, get out, out of here. People don't realize how constricting that is a race car in terms of putting the helmet on and being that small kind of space and then driving 500 miles. I didn't last five seconds. I said, nope, no, thank you. I'm out of here. So, dog, I know exactly what you're going through being across the floor with my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> well done, Eric. Canty uh, and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Freddie Coleman is in today for Chris Canty, and right now it is time for what we do every night at this time. Okay, football fans, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. Chris and I will be hosting the draft, Mm -hmm. the NFL draft on ESPN Radio with your partner, Ian Fitzsimmons, and along with uh, Mike Tannenbaum as well, April 27th and 28th. Bad day today for Jalen Carter, uh, the Georgia defensive lineman who, of course, had to leave the combine because there was a warrant issued for his arrest because of the January 15th car wreck in Athens where he was allegedly racing against a young woman who was uh, killed in a crash because of it. Uh, And two players, a young woman and a player, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, who were killed. He was uh, sent back to or had to go back to Athens, Georgia. Uh, got arrested. He was charged with a couple of misdemeanors involved of racing and reckless driving. Well, he went back and forth to the combine, and at the combine, Freddie, he weighed in at 314 pounds. Today, at 
the Georgia Pro Day less than two weeks later, mm-hmm. weighed in at 323, mm. put on nine pounds, and he could not finish position drills yep. because he was cramping up and breathing heavily. Oof. Yeah, but by the way, three NFL teams were there watching this pro day. I mean, he worked out in front of scouts. Three head coaches were in attendance. The Falcons had Arthur Smith, Bears Matt Eberflus, and Steelers Mike Tomlin among the 32 NFL teams that sent representatives not making excuses for what happened because when two people lose their lives, especially that way, there are no excuses to be made. But if you're Jalen Carter, I clearly understand why he had that kind of pro day because the last couple of weeks, his mind was nowhere near trying to get ready for the National Football League. His mind was nowhere near trying to figure things out to make sure you have a great pro day or any kind of pro day. His body was there, but his mind and his spirit was still back to what happened that day and dealing with everything else after that when it comes yeah. to Jalen Carter. It's going to be very interesting going forward. Not so much how it affects his draft stock because we know how these things can work, Chris. You have a great pro day and all of a sudden people talk about you more. You have a bad pro day. People talk about you not in that way. Going forward with Jalen Carter, what is his psyche going to look like and what is that going to feel like? Because this is not going away, no matter how much time and distance are going to be prevalent from this point on. Yeah, it was it was offensive lineman Devin Willick and recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix, and LaCroix was the one that he was allegedly uh, racing and, again, was charged with uh, two misdemeanors of racing and reckless driving. I, I tell you what, though, if you're Jalen Carter at this point and you're projected, I mean – Many people have projected him as the guy that had the most talent in the draft, might mm-hmm. be the number one prospect in the draft. But mm-hmm. uh, after that happened at the Combine, there are some uh, questions around his character that Todd McShay has talked about. Right? How far is he going to continue to fall when today he comes back less than two weeks later and he's nine pounds heavier and he's having trouble finishing what he started. Well, usually I've always been a big believer when it comes to draft picks and making the kind of decisions that the tape does not lie. And I'd rather go by a tape of somebody, what they did against competition than what they're doing as our former compadre, Mark Schler likes to say the underwear Olympics when it comes yeah. to the NFL combine and whatever pro day, I'd rather see the guys done on tape against competition. That should be the litmus test for anybody scouting. That doesn't mean you can't take into account everything regarding on-and-off-the-field behavior, even if it's a one-time thing to have with Jalen Carter, that turned out to be really, really tragic. And having a night after you win the national championship after the parade and then to have that happen, that's going to wear in anybody's mind no matter how much time has been able to elapse ever since that happened. Catch you, Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. In case you didn't hear the news from earlier today, Aaron Rodgers said of the Pat McAfee show that his intention is to play and to play for the New York Jets this coming year, but the Packers and the Jets have to work out a trade, and that is what is holding things up right now. And there was also news in the NBA where John Morant uh, was suspended for eight games by the league, and this is because of conduct detrimental to the league in relation to the incident at the suburban Denver nightclub where he was uh, on Instagram Live with a weapon in his hand. And, of course, there were stories the week before coming out about some incidents that he had. And so Morant gets the six games that he has, in essence, been out already, if you want to call it served, in addition to two more and could return next week. Overall, will cost him $1.2 million. And one of the things I want to remind you of, and you'll hear from him uh, here in just a little bit, 
Later on tonight, Sports Center with SC- SVP. You're going to hear from John Morant in a sit-down one-on-one that he did with Jalen Rose, and we'll have sound from that coming up in just moments. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Freddie. What we like to do on this show mm-hmm. is make people money. Lots of money. In just moments. Plenty of money. We will. Give me that money. Give you the play of the night. Money, money, money. On ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Yeah, Carlin, ESPN Radio. In just moments, our play of the night in addition to three and out. College basketball season is in the home stretch, and that makes the Wendy's Wooden Watch means it has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. Freddie, tonight mm-hmm. we have got a couple of uh, teams in the play-in tournament that are going to be very interesting. One has already gotten underway between Fairleigh Dickinson and Texas Southern in a 16 matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you were saying during the break, defense optional. Oh, God, this has got 79-75 <laughs> written all over because these guys can spell defense. They're not going to play it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, uh, we've got Nevada and Arizona State playing in the 11 seed game that is the play-in game. Uh, I like watching Bobby Hurley's team play, and I want to see exactly how good Nevada is because I'm still ticked off about Rutgers not getting in. Uh-huh. And, of course, last night I had to go to the game and watch them lose in the NIT. To Hofstra, by the to way. To Hofstra, who Ooh. was launching threes from the parking lot. Yeah, when you got Estrada, who's a player to your in that league, doing that, and he's making any shot in the building, that, that was a tough draw for Rutgers in the IIT. Yeah, it, was, it was, uh, what's the word I would use? Not ideal. <laughs> Brought to you by Wendy's. Two for six bucks. The best deal in fast food. Ah, uh, yes. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. So we fell a little bit short last night in our NBA parlay. Right. Because we had AD over on rebounds and on points, and he basically did that in the first half last night against the Pelicans. Speaking of defense optional, I give you New Orleans last night. No question. But we we were short on Jonas Valanciunas. And he screwed us on the rebounds. <laughs> and uh, as a result, we came up a little bit short on the uh, parlay last evening. So, Freddie, yes. I think tonight okay. we should play the Sixers-Cavaliers game. Because mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, You got the Sixers minus two and a half. Uh-huh. So, I want to get your take here. Uh, Cavs, the game is at home. Yep. Uh, Embiid and Harden. Both playing, Donovan Mitchell playing, Isaac Okoro playing, yeah. uh, Maxi, Tobias Harris all in the lineup. Uh, Harden over 21.5 points. Okay. First of all, who do you like in the game? 
I'm going to take Philadelphia, but I I don't think they're going to meet the over-under. The over-under is 222.5 points. Cleveland has the best defense in the Eastern Conference. They've been the best defense in the NBA since January 1st, so I think they go under that over-under 222.5 points. Okay, so you like the Sixers and you like the under in the game. Yes. So we'll ride that, and then what about Harden over 21.5 points or under? What do you think about that? I'm going to say take the over because he's played extremely well lately, been that distributor, but still finding a way to score. I think he gets, I think he gets 24 tonight. So that will be our three-leg same-game parlay over on Caesar Sportsbook. It is the Sixers minus 2.5, under 222.5, and James Harden over 21.5 points. That pays out at plus 580. Ooh. A little value there, Freddie. Ooh. I like oh, it. A, me too. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. All right, Freddie. Uh, the Jets have gone from on March seventh a thirty to one shot to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. now to fourteen to one wow. to win the Super Bowl. Now that Aaron Rodgers has made it known that he wants to be a Jet, mm-hmm. he has gone from twenty to one to eighteen to one as an MVP. Uh, your thoughts on that wager? Not surprised because that's what Las Vegas does. They throw that carrot out there to get those suckers. Just like in the movie Trading Places, they don't wait for the suckers to clear out. They want the suckers to come to the place and take advantage of them. So I don't think anybody should be surprised by the way they were able to jump the odds of the Jets. And also Aaron Rodgers, they they put that carrot out there to see who can be enticed and then say, that's where we got them. <laughs> the Jets uh, have gone from 15 to 1 on Caesar Sportsbook on March 7th uh, to win the AFC down to 7 to 1. Wow. That's not what I would call value. No, it's not. No, that's there's no value there. So if you jumped on the Jets earlier, 14 to 1, the Jets shortest Super Bowl odds entering any season in 11 years, really? 12 years. Wow. That, 12 years. I thought it'd be longer. <laughs> That's a long-suffering <laughs> Jets fan. I thought it'd be more than 11. <laughs> oh, John Morant suspended eight games by the NBA. We were telling you about that moments ago. He sat down with ESPN's Jalen Rose. The full interview tonight on SportsCenter with SVP at midnight. Here is Ja on when did he realize it was necessary for him to get help. I got made a you know, terrible mistake. You know, being inside um, a club and, you know, went live, um, I put myself in, you know, a bad position. Um, and also, it's, you know, my daughter. Mm. Um, there's times where she even tell me if she's, you know, had a bad day. And you know, I felt like, you know, if she can tell me that, then, you know, mm-hmm. I can be able to go and talk to somebody as well. I'll be very interested to watch that later on tonight. Yeah. This is a kid who's one of the – Faces of this league for the next 10 years, and I thought it interesting. Mark J. Spears had a column uh, talking about Carmelo Anthony in this situation, Mm -hmm. younger in his career, and how David Stern basically told him, you're screwing with a corporation right now, and you can be the one of the faces of this league, or you can be gone by next week. Do not throw it all away. You've been handed a golden ticket, and you earned that golden ticket when it comes to John Morant, and owning up to it is one thing, but taking accountability for it, he's been able to do both things. Although I question the timeline, it didn't seem like he was at the rehabilitation facility for more than a minute. But if you believe that works for him, so be it. Freddie, Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> is being sued by a man because 
he's upset yep. that they are calling their boneless buffalo wings wings. Right. Mm-hmm. You know more about this story. Please enlighten me a well, bit. Well, it seems that according to the lawsuit that was filed on Friday, March the 10th, and I quote, the Chicago man's lawyer said the products are not wings at all, but instead slice of chicken breast meat, deep fried like wings, end quote. And that's why he's filed this class action lawsuit that is going to be frivolous to the 25th power. Listen, <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. Yes, you are. They are wings when they have bones in them. But more importantly, Freddie, uh-huh. I'm lazy. <laughs> and there are just times I don't want to deal with the wings. You want to call them boneless wings. Sure. You do you, boo. I'm good with it. I am totally good with it. Is this an affront to you? Does this lawsuit have merit? It doesn't have merit, but I love the clapback from Buffalo Wild Wings on Twitter. They put, it's true. Our boneless wings are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham. Our buffalo wings are 0% buffalo, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm with Buffalo Wild Wings in this what, one. What I want to see, I want to see this go to trial. I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to see it get thrown out. I want the right, like, if I were a judge, right. I would make sure that this was not classified as frivolous. Just because I want to see who you're putting on the stand. Uh-huh. I want to see all of that. Buffalo Wild Wings cannot settle this case. They cannot do it. Oh, my God. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ah, Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.